This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender for the evening. I am Anthony, or you can call me the dude. That's just, that's completely cool with me. Uh, it's just because, hey, some of us are bad with names, including me. And it's just e- e- something easy to remember. You know, dude, man, whatever. Uh, how's everybody doing? This is the Wednesday Quick Shot episode. Yeah, that's, that's right. We do just a quick rant, rave, whatever on Wednesday. Save all the exciting stuff for Saturday, but until then, keep you entertained middle of the week. But any, as every show that I do, I got to start it off with today's drink special. Since this is a Wednesday quick shot episode, we're going to do a quick shot. Well, it's not really quick. I pulled this one off the slowroasteditalian.com. It's called the Stars and Stripes Red, White, and Blue Layered Shot. Stars and Stripes Red, White, and Blue Shot is a fabulous layered patriotic cocktail. That is perfect for Memorial Day, 4th of July, and Labor Day. A summer staple at our adult get-togethers. You will love this one. This one is an incredibly striking drink with layers of red, white, and blue. That was all supposed to go together, but I'm not going to go back and edit it. Imagine a peachy flavor of warm sunshine on a summer day, brightened by the bitter orange of blue carousel and sweetened by the grenadine. It's an electric candy in a... It's like electric candy in a shot glass. The layers separated perfectly like magic, but no magic required. Pour your grenadine into your cocktail cocktail glass first. Gently pour your blue carousel into the glass and pour the peach schnapps gently on top of it. You can pour it off the back of a spoon. Honestly, a medicine syringe makes easy work of achieving this fabulous look. Well, you know, uh, since we don't, uh, purposely carry syringes at our bars. Uh, do it off the back of a spoon. Do it off the back of the cherry. Or if you are a badass bartender, do it without any of those. You can uh, because you know. Let, let's face it. A lot of us bartenders can layer a drink without using a spoon or cherry or anything like that. This particular quick shot episode, I just wanted to get a couple things off my chest, people, because you know I've been doing this podcast for quite a while. Uh, been getting, uh, as of lately, I've been getting a lot more hits on social media. I appreciate everybody that helped me get to finally over a thousand followers. Uh, I'd like to, uh, show my appreciation to all you people that have helped me maintain my goal for this year. See, uh, my goal for this year is 12,000 listen downloads, excuse me, 12,000 downloads for the year. And right now, uh, before, uh, right at, as of right now, I am right on track. I'm going over a little bit of th- uh, over a thousand downloads uh, a month, so I'm well on my way and on track for that goal. But there, every once in a while, uh, as I do this show, and it happened to me when I was a bartender too, somebody would say something or uh, make some kind of comment at me that would kind of set me back a little bit, kind of doubt myself. Because I don't know if some of you guys noticed that I skipped a couple uh, episodes here and there. I mean, if I keep thinking to myself, if I want to maintain this uh, doing a thousand down, getting trying to get a thousand downloads per month, I got to uh, keep 
putting out these episodes. I can't skip a whole bunch of um, months, at least not right now. I mean, I'm not one of those other podcasts that do like 22 episodes and wait three months and do 22 more, mostly because I'm bored. I got nothing else better to do. But, uh, you know, I, I go through and I read some of this stuff. And, uh, you know, some of you people out there uh, have to realize, you know, you, most of you guys are incredibly cool. And, uh, well, actually, all of you guys are incredibly cool. But every once in a while, one person sneaks through and says something incredibly negative to me. And it kind of throws me off a little bit. Because, you know, like, uh, when you're working as a server or a bartender and you get those comments from the uh, customers where they say, why don't you get a real job? Or, you know, you're not that special just because you serve food. Or, you know, they, you know, they say awful things to you like that. Same thing is happening right now in the podcasting world. One person who uh, bartends I, somewhere in Europe, uh, he wasn't specific as to where, he... Actually, uh, when I started the uh, whole campaign of hashtag, this is a real job, uh, a lot of people were agreeing with it. A lot of people liked it. I even uh, decided to make a T-shirt that you know that states hashtag, this is a real job for bartenders, servers, and because we've got to, uh, you know, we've got we got a roof over our head. We got a car payment to make, and and. You know, just because we don't have medical insurance uh, or anything like that uh, here in America, uh, it's it's kind of rough on us from time to time. Some of us have to work a little bit harder than others. Like when I was bartending, I made a little bit over minimum wage just because I was doing part manager too. But uh, on the East Coast, sounds like from most of the comments that I received from all of my listeners... East Coast, they make below minimum wage, and uh, they are barely scraping by. They really got to, you know, it's almost to the point where tipping is no longer just a gratuity. It's not a thank you for the great service like it should be. It's part of our income now. I mean, uh, maybe like 40 years ago, uh, 40, 50 years ago, uh, when minimum wage was really low, if not existent, I, I, I don't know your history, but minimum wage, uh, was really low and people, you know, if you were a bartender or server, you, uh, you got tipped based on how well you served because, and so, and back then, of course, the cost of living was a lot lower here in America and you could live off just that. But then all of a sudden, in the 80s, when President Reagan all of a sudden took office and Reaganomics uh, took effect, it became, uh, he all of a sudden started taxing all of the bartenders and servers for the tips that we made because technically to him, that's income. And, you know, he may be a little bit right. But if you were like me uh, as a bartender uh, or server, uh, you know, cash tips kind of went under the table a little bit or, you know, just kind of didn't make it onto the tax report at the end of the year. Uh, all, all of my credit card receipts definitely did. But, uh, you know, the cash, cash tips, honestly, I can't remember if that person tipped me or not. 
But let me warn some of you people out there. I've talked to a number of servers going back from when I was bartending that got audited uh, for out of nowhere. Uh, they claim out of nowhere. You know, sometimes when they're like, I just got audited just completely out of nowhere. Okay, the government can audit you whenever they damn well feel like it. And the way that I stayed under the radar is just make sure my taxes are done properly every year. That's all it takes. I've never gotten a, uh, audit from the government. Uh, they just said, Hey, you, you missed a payment. Uh, give us our money or else. And I'm like, okay, here, here you go. I'm sure I'm going to have to starve for the next week or two, but yeah, here's your money. Um, and I mean, you know, we are, we're all looking forward to stimulus checks too, but that's a different story. But this one girl that I knew, uh, said she got audited and she had to produce all of her receipts that of all the tables that she had served for that particular year. And they said, well, uh, according to what we know, uh, the government basically told her, according to what we know about the service industry, the odds are pretty good. You got, uh, taxed or you got tipped at least 10% for all these sales. So, you're going to have to claim 10% of whatever, however much money she sold in goods that year. Now, I'm lowballing this quite a bit, but let's just let's just sit back and say she sold $1,000 in food a week. That's $52,000 in a year. And 10% of that, $5,200? Uh, no, wait, no. I'm doing the math wrong. Uh, okay, $520. Sorry, people. But uh, still, that's $520 that all of a sudden that she didn't realize that she had to claim. And depending on what else was on her tax returns, she probably got a penalty for not claiming all of that also. And uh, she had to pay that uh, all that extra money or claim all that extra money just because uh, the government saw that as income. Now, for you people in Europe, or anywhere else in the world, like Japan, I've seen number a number of videos where tipping is actually insulting. Do if you uh, any of you guys end up waking up in the middle of Japan and decide you want something to eat, do not tip your servers, do not tip your uh, the restaurant that you're in because they will consider it an insult because they it's like telling them you're poor. So uh, here's a couple extra bucks to help your family get by. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Very insulting. And uh, people in Spain I've talked to, people in England I've talked to, they do not accept tips. Now, if you remember Adam Hall a long time ago, he talked about how he doesn't receive tips, but people buy him drinks. He's got a chalkboard or something like that, and people will just say, hey, have yourself a drink after the, after your shift. And then they pay for the drink. He puts a tally up on there. But he actually makes a livable wage. Now, people out here in America, and after what I talked to with Ashley a couple weeks ago, uh, we uh, most restaurant and service workers make minimum wage or, or below, which you'd think is illegal. Because uh, hourly wage has to be the same thing. But then you got to factor in like tipping out people. Then you got to factor in and you can really get killed on all of that sort of thing because 
uh, the money's just not there. I mean, sure, you sit back and you realize, okay, I just made a $100 bill in tips tonight, but then I got to give a percentage to the cooks. I got to give a percentage to the house. I got to give a percentage to the dishwasher. And all of a sudden, you realize you only are walking home with uh, 60 bucks. Now, hopefully, some of you guys realize that, uh, are, or not don't realize, but are working close to home because you got to start factoring in uh, what... Uh, uh, if you are spending more on getting to work than actually working. Now, the reason why I bring all of this up is because uh, when I put up the hashtag, uh, this is a real job, a lot of you guys backed me up on Instagram. You got A lot of you guys liked the, sh- the idea of the shirt. Uh, a lot of you guys liked that I'm uh, bringing this up, that you know the whole hashtag, this is a real job, because I'm tired of customers looking at waitresses, uh, waiters, bartenders, and saying, why don't you get a real job? Like, their job is that much better. But I'm tired of hearing it. So my solidarity that I'm offering to all service workers is hashtag, this is a real job. I make money. I work really hard. I'm tired at the end of the day. It's, it, is, uh, it is a job. It's not a fake job. Otherwise, you know, what am I doing here? But the reason why I bring this up is because I uh, put something on Instagram about hashtag this is a real job. A lot of people were behind me on it. Then all of a sudden this dude uh, from England uh, came on there and said, why don't you guys get over yourselves and just go to a trade school go get uh, and go get a real job instead of standing around complaining that people treat you, uh, treat you poorly. Now, this guy is a flair bartender in England. I'm not going to say uh, uh, say his name, mostly because I deleted his, uh, deleted his comment because if you want to make comments to other servers and bartenders, you don't come to Hey Bartender Podcast. We are here to have fun. We're here to make jokes and make friends. You know, that's what we do here. But he's sitting there telling everybody, well, if you uh, don't... You can't change anything by wearing a T-shirt that says this is a real job. Go, uh, Stop doing what you're doing and uh, go get an actual job that pays well. Well, that's easy for him to say because out in England, they actually make a livable wage, something like uh, what was like $15 American uh, an hour. And hell, there's some fast food places right now that are paying more than that where I live, mostly because they can't keep any employees because uh, the oil fields are paying a ton of money and people are just picking up and leaving go working for the oil fields, but then getting laid off six months later. But so I saw that comment and I was just like, I'm deleting it. Get out of here. I wash my hands and my feet of you. And to keep him from making more comments on what other people were saying, I even blocked him. Sure, he might be a badass flair bartender out in England, but um, that doesn't impress me. You know, because we're all on the same team right now. But, you know, uh, for all of my America listeners, uh, there is talks, whether it happens or not, who knows, that uh, our current president is working on uh, raising service industry wages so that tipping might be a thing of the past. But we'll see. I mean, sometimes uh, the government's not able to follow through with promises. Sometimes 
Uh, sometimes they are. And, but then after they do get follow through with that promise, we got to see how it works. Unfortunately, it's going to take patience. And to all you people, especially that uh, European bartender that decided to come after us or uh, use Hey Bartender podcast to go after some of my bartending friends that follow me on Instagram, uh, bartending and serving is actually a trade. There are classes for the hospitality industry. There are classes for bartending. However, you, we spend that money, we go to school. The schools can uh, range anywhere from a three-week uh, course to a six-month course. But we don't get anywhere. It's, it's all still the same wage. They don't uh, pay just enough to uh, for anybody to really make a living. And, you know, when, especially when, when you're a single guy like me, sure. Yeah, I can get by on minimum wage and tips. I just have to not be stupid and go out and, uh, buy the, uh, a new lightsaber or, uh, go to the music store and say, I can't live without that Gibson. Uh, you know, I gotta be more frugal with my money. I gotta set a budget, but, uh, it's some people have, kids to take care of some people have a spouse to take care of and forget about it if one of us gets hurt out here uh then we have to take time off from work you know how many times i went to uh, went to work sick as a dog but had to go to work because i needed the money so whatever your name was badass flair bartender in the uk yeah uh you you have the answer we we should just if we're not happy, then we should uh, just go to a trade uh, school and get another job. Okay, some of us are happy. I mean, I'm sure since you're a flair bartender, you've put a lot of time and effort to learn that skill, do the tricks, have your customers get thoroughly annoyed because they want their drink now and they don't want the sideshow. They just want to get drunk. But you took the time to learn all that stuff. We take the time to learn all this stuff. It's not easy learning how to be nice to assholes. Not that I have anything against flair bartending. Sorry about that jab about flair bartending. Uh, It's not a waste of time. It's probably a really groovy way to impress people and maybe make a couple more dollars, entice them to give tip you a little bit more. But uh, how often do you have time to do that? You can't do that with every drink. Maybe, uh, Maybe I'll run around and when I... One of these days when this podcast starts to make money and, and I'll wander around and I'll visit some of you guys and watch you guys do your thing throughout the night. And so I'll understand it more. I did a little bit of flair bartending, just a quick spin here or there when it was just a liquor and a mixer because, you know, throw the bottle up, spin it around the palm of my hand, pour the drink, spin it around in the palm of my hand, get a spray of vodka right across my chest and then slam it right back in the well. Okay, I know I just wasn't doing it right. I it took me a while to learn that, but uh, you know I have nothing against flair bartending, but uh, you know you can't do it all the time, uh, and people want their drink now, especially when you're uh, running five wide, eight deep. In some of the restaurants, I I have to, I really really have to hand it to the servers, because a real magic trick to me is a server that has a 12 top and brings out all of their entrees on one big ass platter and doesn't spill one of them. It is amazing. 
I would need help I, uh, because that is a lot to carry and you have to you know, have the balance and make sure that nobody uh, all of a sudden jumps out of their booth and uh, slams into you. That is an incredible feat. Servers, I salute you for that. But not everything is the same all around the world. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just a, it has to do with a little bit of understanding. Uh, uh, it was fun talking with Adam Hall that one time, finding out that he doesn't get tipped at all. And he actually gets paid a livable wage. And, but it was a bummer when I talked to uh, Ashley, who lives in Canada, and she uh, runs through the same stuff we do in, here in America. And uh, But then I all of a sudden I talked to uh, uh, people from New York, and they, uh, they say that they actually make $2 an hour plus tips, or they, uh, or they make nothing an hour. And everything, all the money that they make is based on tips. And that alone puts pressure on uh, the bartender or server because you have to turn those seats over and quick. You, uh, it, I bet you, I bet you that in some situations, you got these customers that are camped out. All they're doing is sitting and drinking. They got a tab running. They stay there for four, five hours. They're... Uh, and they run up maybe a $75 tab and tip you five bucks. And then pretty much everything for that four hours is completely fucked. You know, you made zero money on that one table. So you are actually put under pressure to get people into the seats, get, get them what they want, and then get them out of there so you can get more people in there. You got to make it up somehow. It's almost like uh, another way I can compare it to. I was a cable guy for uh, a little while. I hated that job. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I hate, hate, hated that job. I so wanted to go back to bartending, but I, job uh, jobs were really scarce in Oregon at the time for bartending jobs. But uh, I I went to do cable, and there were days where they would hand me a stack of papers and uh, the, all jobs that I needed to visit that day. And uh, I'd have to try to hit every single one of them. And usually I did. But then you get those days where you've got five jobs. All of them uh, pay a certain amount dur- uh, depending on what you are doing at that job. I had two jobs that paid really well. Uh, other, the other three jobs paid very little and it was all the way on the other side of Portland. So automatically I knew I was going to waste at least a quarter tank of gas just to get there. And I get the uh, small jobs out of the way. All it was is just putting in a digital cable box. And then all of a sudden I realize it's 10 o'clock. My next job's not till two. Well, I'll try calling up calling up the customers, seeing if they're available. So they don't answer their phone because obviously they've got a nine to five job. And so I have to sit and wait. So between 10 and two, I am doing absolutely jack shit and sitting in my truck because I don't want to drive around town because I'm, you know, I don't want to waste gas. And so I just have to basically park it in a parking lot and wait till these people get home. 
But then the big surprise, the huge surprise, I go over to the house finally at 2 o'clock. That person is not home. Now I'm forced to sit in front of their house for two hours because uh, if they show up anytime during those two hours, I got to do the job. But they never showed up. So at, by four o'clock, I got to put a, I got to call dispatch. I got to tell them they're not home. I got to put a tag on the door and then I move on to my next job. But then I go over to the next job and uh, they're not home. And I had to wait until uh, six o'clock and they never came home. So basically after that, I had to go, go home right after that. I probably used up about a half to three quarter tank of gas just driving around for those three measly jobs earlier in the day and uh the two two big paying jobs didn't show up and so when you factor in how much gas was at that time gas was like four dollars and fifty cents a gallon at that point in time when you factor in the gas i was in the negative for the day and that hurt and then some of you might be sitting there saying, well, you know, what about, you know, you walk to work or you skateboard to work, ride your bike to work. Uh, that'll, uh, that'll save, save you money. Uh, yeah. Once again, you got to factor in here, people that, you know, do I live too far away? Am I making enough money there? See, when I started realizing I was spending more money cause I had to pay for my own gas as a cable guy. When I was spending more money, on gas and tools than the money that I was actually making uh, dur- uh, during the week, I had to get out of there. It, and plus, the job was horrible anyway because uh, everybody hates a cable guy until their TV works. And even then, they're not sure about him. In fact, uh, off the whole bartender uh, story, this one's a really good one with customer service. I go over to this house, and it was a troubleshooting job it was going to pay a whopping $7. And this lady expected me to be there for two hours. But as soon as I came in, she was spitting fire. She was mad. And she's nobody. uh, When the guy came by here, he didn't program the remote control. And now I have to have you come out. I had to take time off work to have you come out here and fix the remote control. So it works with my TV during this whole time while she's sitting there yelling at me for what the tech did before me, I'm not, I'm staring her right in the eye, listening to her talk. And in my hand, I'm playing with the remote control and all of a sudden her TV turns off. And then she looks over at the TV and says, what happened? Then I hold the remote control up, hit the power button. TV comes back on. I said, all right, it's fixed. You mind signing, uh, signing this invoice here? She goes, how'd you do that? And I said, I uh, memorized the instructions that came with the remote control. I can see him right there sitting on your table. And she got mad at me for being a smart ass, of course, and actually called my boss saying that I was rude and all that sort of thing. I didn't uh, get any uh, repercussions for uh, talking to the woman like that. But uh, in fact, my boss actually found it really humorous when I told him my side of the story because he'd done it before too. But I digress, people. A lot of you people have been sending me uh, emails uh, saying that you appreciate the stuff that I talk about. Uh, a lot of you people have been saying uh, that they uh, really understand where I'm coming from. 
And I'm, you know, the reason why I'm doing this show is to support you guys, to uh, help you guys know that there is other people out there. That's why I bring on guests all the time. I love bringing on guests on the show. So just so all of you remember, if you want to be on the show or if you just have something to say, you can, uh, or uh, anything like that, that you don't want to say on the air, but you would uh, like to like it to be said on Hey Bartender Podcast, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'd love to read what you guys have to say. I'd especially love to talk to you guys because everybody I've interviewed on this show is so incredibly awesome. I mean, I've hit up a few people and asked them if they would like to be on the show because I search for you guys on social media and I see you telling your bartender stories and uh, I'm like, I would love to talk to them more. I want them on my show. And some of some of you, it's actually kind of funny, say that they're not sure that they want to uh, they want to be on the show because they're a little shy, uh, which uh, is understandable being an introvert. Uh, some people are scared because they might say something about their job that somebody might hear, uh, which is also understandable. I've heard people get fired for less. Hell, I've been fired for less. But I'd love to hear and share some other people's bartending stories. It, this has been a kick in the pants. I've met some really awesome people, and I want to continue to do it. So if you want to follow me on, say, Facebook or Instagram, both of them are Hey Bartender Podcast. If you want to follow me on TikTok, it's also Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, you follow all the social media, you'll basically be able to see when the new episodes are coming up and who's going to be on the episode and the occasional drink and majority of the time smart-ass remark memes. So remember to follow me there. Don't forget to leave a rating and a comment on iTunes for Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, I could really use the help there. And we come up to last call here, people. Yeah, I just kind of messed up all the order of operations that I usually do on this thing, but it keeps my mind interested, and it might keep your mind interested, too. I never do the same uh, same thing all the time. Either that or I've been binge-watching Doctor Who a little bit too much. Matt Smith, very charismatic, very... I, the, my one of my favorite parts uh, was the day of the doctor episode where uh, the war doctor asked him, can you speak without moving your hands? And he says, yes. And then while moving his hands and no, but uh, you know, Matt Smith did a great job, even though I like David Tennant a little bit better, but my favorite doctor will always be Tom Baker. But like I said, people, it is last call. So I got to thank all of you for listening. I got to thank Laura Hope and the Arctones for giving me the theme song and, you know, keep listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Leave me a uh, share, like, subscribe, leave me a rating. Anything will help me out. Uh, if you really want to help me out, head on over to www.heybartenderpodcast.com and go check out some of the swag I got on sale. I got some uh, Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirts if you're interested. And, you know, help me promote the show. Anything, any, any little bit helps. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just go!